apparently I am a lazy boy. And I mean, I don't know how the song hasn't told you that by this point in time, but it's true. I am. And so as promised, uh, there is another recorded version of my share, which means that I didn't have to do any extra for a podcast. And that's what you're getting today. Have fun. I'm a lazy boy, there's no doubt about it Might take a miracle to get me started I'm a lazy boy, there's no doubt about it Might take a miracle to get me started To get me started To get me started again To get me started To get me started, son You better get up Attic name Jason. Uh, Still waiting for people to say, hi, Jason. What the fuck? Can y'all hear me? Thumbs up, something, a little laughter. Okay, good. Hey, thank you. Now I know I can proceed. Uh, I'm a little weirded out. I'm I'm so used to doing these meetings in the comfort of my house and my room. And in that setup, there's a wall right behind me. And so I'm really fucking freaked out by looking at myself and having all this room behind me and there's like a door and I'm just waiting for the killer to come in the back of it or something. I don't know. You know, our brains go all over the place. But uh, what I can tell you is I got to NA uh, 20 minutes, right? I'm going to hear a buzzer. Is that what you said? I'll hear a buzzer, I hope. Uh, (laughs) I got to NA and, and I could not stop shooting heroin and cocaine at the end, right? There was a whole lot of other stuff along the way. Uh, It was always about doing more. If my drug of choice wasn't available, I'd take whatever the hell you had to make me feel different. Um, And I really just wanted to stop feeling the way I felt, to stop feeling, to stop doing drugs, maybe. I I don't know what the fuck I wanted when I got here. I I just know I wanted something to be different, right? Because the way things were was not good. Um, And so... Through that, through taking suggestions, through being an NA, through doing what needed to be done, through working with a sponsor, through having a network, through, uh, you know, an honest self-appraisal of a variety of ways, um, I'm able to see that my story for me starts like before that at this point in time. Um, My story for me that I feel like has to do with my my process of addiction starts early on in elementary school. Um, I can just remember feeling like I wasn't tough enough. Basically, you know, I, I can expound on that some at times, but the the fact of the matter is like the other boys sounded loud and tough and angry and, and my father was loud and tough and angry and I just felt like I was paralyzed in fear at all times. I didn't feel like I was enough of a man. Uh, I felt like I would never be enough of a man. There was something just fundamentally wrong with me. I was born wrong and that was never going to, you know, change. And, and I just needed to do my best from an early point in my life to hide the hell out of that and try to be something else that so that you would accept me and like me um and so that's what i did i I kept trying to be something else you know i tried to be what i thought other people wanted and that's the progression up until the drugs was all about just hiding who i was feeling shame about how i felt inside not being able to tell anybody or talk about it and then you know trying to be something different on the outside that i thought would make you like me and so uh you know, that, that progressed through like starting to get bad grades in school, not because I was, you know, incapable of getting better grades or, or didn't want to get better grades, 
I just wanted to be accepted and I thought the cooler kids weren't getting good grades and so I didn't want to be made fun of right and 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 the littlest things like that and and starting to smoke cigarettes even though I never wanted to ever smoke cigarettes in my life and yet I wanted to do it to be accepted right and all these things I remember cutting school the first time to be accepted it was like I had to do these things to try to prove my worth because I didn't feel worth it and uh really the the most terrifying thing in my life that I found out was the fact that like something I did might prove what I already believed, which was that I was a failure, right? That I was a failure and something was wrong with me and uh, this was never going to work out for me. And so, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit to the moment that drugs did enter the picture and what happened was I, I, you know, I called it a fun time at that point in time in my life. But what I, what I look at it now is it's a relief. It was the, it was the relief of using took away that voice that told me I wasn't enough. Right. And that's, uh, I, I just like, I chased that from the moment I felt it the first time that that little bit of freedom from that voice that says you suck all day long, every day, I just kept chasing it. And like every day that I didn't have drugs from that day forward was a terrible shitty day that I was stuck living with me without any way to escape it. And every day that I had the ability to try to chase drugs was a halfway decent day, right? And that led me to doing uh, any and all drugs that I could find, right? You, you could bring stuff that was over-the-counter stuff and you said, hey, if we do enough of these, it'll get you high. And I would try to do enough of it, right? I remember some... I'm actually I do remember the name of it, but I'm not going to tell you because you're not going to relapse on, you know, some of my suggestions. But I I tried this certain medicine that if you took it supposedly made you, you know, have a a trip like acid or something. And I took fucking 44 of these bitches one night, like ridiculous amounts of them. And I remember waking up the next night and they did make you feel fucked up. I mean, I guess you take 44 anything. It might make you feel fucked up. But I remember the next morning like shaken, almost like I was having a seizure or whatever when I woke up, right? And and I'm lucky I did wake up, but that was never a goddamn concern for me because I was just so desperate to feel something else besides me. Um, And and I just kept chasing that, right? I chased it to the point that I had to start doing things to come up with more money to get more drugs. I chased it to the point that I went into really sketchy neighborhoods that I didn't belong in and especially at the times of the day and night that I was going in there uh, I put myself in all kinds of harm's way in order to get one more because honestly at that point in time my life didn't make any sense without one more right nothing else mattered nothing else was of any importance at all except getting one more and dying in the pursuit of that seemed entirely worth it at that point um and so I had had some introduction to NA. I'd been to a few detoxes. People came in and shared. I didn't really hear a whole lot. Um, I would go home from detox. I would go to a couple meetings because it seemed to make my parents happy. And I wasn't going, like, I never heard y'all say 90 and 90. I wasn't really listening. So I just went to, like, the same meeting each week, once a week. And then I would try to get money from my mom to go bowling with you guys, which I wasn't really going bowling with you guys. I never talked to you. I just overheard you talking about it and thought you were dorks for trying to go bowling without getting high. Um, and, and then that would be that, right? It would be right back to the same old thing. Uh, but something happened along the way where I ended up uh, in here, and, and I guess the time was right, and I heard something new, right? I heard people talking about being to the same places of 
desperation and despair and hopelessness that I felt like I was at, right? I had that moment of clarity where I just recognized myself for in that moment being a, a gigantic piece of shit, really. You know, I, I couldn't stop doing these actions in my life that led me to hurt the people that cared about me the most. And so I, that moment of clarity sunk through. I, I was ready to stop having all the answers. And I started hearing some things in these meetings. Um, people talked about feeling like shit and not being able to go to work all day and, and not being able to hold a job and not being able to get anywhere in life. And they talked about how every time they got high, they said, oh my God, tomorrow I'm going to get my goddamn life together. I'm going to go job hunting. I'm going to get a job. I'm finally going to make people proud of me. Uh, you know, it's all going to work out tomorrow. And then as soon as the drugs wore off, like it was, no, I'm, I'm going to get high again. That's what I'm going to do, right? And so it was just that same story over and over and over, day in and day out. I lived the same goddamn day every fucking day. I woke up. I was ill. I, I hated life. I had to, you know, make my way down to the to the strip to get a ride over the road to, to buy what I needed to buy to try to get back to get well. And it was the same shit every day. From then on, it was just that same chase all day long. And it was miserable. And so... Uh, I started taking the suggestions that they talk about in this program. And if you go to, you know, one meeting, two meetings, three meetings, you'll, you'll hear the suggestions. It's do a 90 and 90, right? 90 meetings in 90 days. The theory behind that is we, we got high every goddamn day. Why shouldn't we do something, you know, positive for our lives every day to try to replace that? And so an hour a day at a meeting is a good thing to do. Um, it talked about pray, go to meetings, and don't pick up, right? One of the most mind-blowing things I heard when I got here, if you don't pick it up, it won't get in you. I know that sounds like the dumbest shit ever, but like it's for real. If you don't pick it up, it won't get in you. Not once did I ever come out of detox and stumble down the road and trip and fall onto a work, right, and got high. Like I, I always had to go cop and get it. It never just happened by accident. I always had to go down to see my friends that were still getting high to show them how good I looked after four days of actually eating, right? Like, I, I just couldn't avoid that. And so I always set myself up to be in position. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like if a guy... I'm not even going to give that analogy. I'll save that for some other time. That's kind of awful. Anyway, um, and, and then they said further than that, like, after you pray, go to meetings and don't pick up, hey... Now it's time to actually do some work on yourself because the same addict will use again, right? And so that's what I started doing was, was taking the suggestions about working on myself. And look, I can tell you this and make it sound like it was this smooth, flowing, fucking beautiful process. And the fact was this shit was painful every step of the way. I've made so many goddamn mistakes. I've hurt so many people. I've been a selfish, clean addict. Uh, I've been cruddy and terrible to people that cared about me, right? Like I've done a lot of harm in here too. And it's through this process that I've learned to try to start getting better and to treat people better and for the world to not revolve around me at all times. Just, you know, a lot of my better days today, maybe half the time. Like it, this ain't a, I got here and things just fucking snapped into, you know, there wasn't no Thanos snap into Jason's a good dude. That's for sure. But so take that into consideration when I try to explain these steps. Um, but I got the sponsor and the sponsor said, hey, you should get some steps, right? And, and, and do these things because these are the things that will internally change you so that you don't have to need to use anymore. Um, 
and that was the goal with it. And, and of course, there were some other things, get a network, get a home group, a home group, a place where I can be accountable every week and, and they know if I don't show up, uh, get a network of people so that I have somebody to call and, and rely on and talk about stuff. Um, and so I got into step one and it talked about, you know, powerlessness and unmanageability. And like when I first got here, that was the most obvious fucking thing in the world. Yes, of course I'm powerless over drugs. I keep fucking doing them and they ruin my life every goddamn time, right? Unmanageable? Yes, I live on a porch. I don't even have a house, right? My parents will let me come back in the house, but I'm not going back in the house because I can't get high if I go back in the house. So I'm just going to live on the porch. That's fucking crazy. In the middle of winter, I'm going to live on a porch and invite girls home with me because my life is unmanageable, obviously, right? Step two talks about hoping and starting to believe that something could possibly restore me to sanity obviously i'm crazy right i've lost my mind nothing i've done for the last whatever years that i've been using made any goddamn sense at all people would ask me it talks it says in the literature our families are generally baffled and confused by our actions right nobody was more baffled and confused by my actions than me every time somebody asked me why do you keep fucking up and doing this i don't know and i literally did not know i could not see myself coming i was just as baffled as everybody else and so you know the hope that there's possibly something better for me out there and that something could help me have a more manageable life that made a little bit more sense started to arrive in the second step right i heard people share about they lived under a bridge and now they could go to work every morning and they had their own apartment. And I was like, man, that's just like, that's the most sanity I can even picture at this point in my life is just being able to pay rent on an apartment every month. Um, the third step was, was really about like, stop fighting life, you know, stop forcing or trying to force outcomes in your life. Stop trying to manipulate and get what you want. Like when the girl does not want to date you, don't spend nine months trying to convince her it's the right thing that she needs to date you. Like that's that, that's not how life works. That's not surrender. That's not God's will. That's Jason trying to force his fucking wants on the world, right? Step four allows me to like get a little more, uh, sorry, checking the time, a little more in touch with me and uh, start to learn some of those ways and patterns that I have in my life that, that cause all the chaos and confusion. Why is it that I tell people that I believe it's important to get up and go to work every day, but I don't have a job, right? Why is it that I tell people it's important to treat your partner with respect and not cheat on them, and I got three girlfriends on the side? Like, why does what I'm living not match up with what I say I believe? That's what I find out in the fourth step, that, that a whole lot of places in my life that I've been justifying and rationalizing and trying to explain away, the fact of the matter is, I believe I should be living one way, and I'm living a different way, and at the end of the day, that makes me fucking hate myself, right? And so I need to start looking at that on paper. The reason it works on paper so much better than it does out loud is because on, it's like when... I, I always say it's like when my, my friend comes to me and needs relationship advice. It's so easy to see what's wrong in somebody else's relationship because I don't have any feelings involved, right? And it's kind of the same thing when I get to put this stuff on paper. I get to write it down and look at it from a, a point of view as if it's another person. And then I get to take it into step five, and there's more to step five, but I get to go over step four with another person who doesn't have the feelings involved and can help me see you know, what's going on in this inventory I made because I can't see myself clearly, 
I have like a blurry fucking mirror or something. I just can't see what's going on in my life the right way without help. And so, and then in five, also what I get to do is look at the exact nature, right? What's really going on? What part of me was terrified that you wouldn't respect me or like me, or you thought little of me that I felt like I needed to do all these manipulations. And, and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't cheating on the girl because I fucking hated her and wanted to hurt her. I was cheating on her because I hated myself and I was terrified that she was going to hurt me. You know, I was cheating on her because I hated myself and thought I wasn't enough. And so I thought, well, if enough of these people give me enough attention, I will be enough. There was all these reasons behind things, these exact natures, right? It all led back to, for me, mostly to self-centered fear. I was terrified still that that voice inside that told me how much I sucked was right. I was so scared that it was true. And I tried everything I did, I could to avoid anybody else seeing that so that they couldn't verify it, right? I didn't want it to be true. Um, I get into six and, and making a list of character defects and, you know, I remember my first time through, it was all about like, oh my God, I got all these and, and I was so aware of them and it, it hurt so much to live every day looking at all these character defects that are so fresh in my mind. Um, but what ultimately, what ultimately I believe about that today is that like I can only work on what's really in the here and now and bothering me, right? Yeah, I can make a list 300 character defects long, but the fact of the matter is like if it's not really getting on my nerves today, nothing's going to happen with it because the entire point of the sixth step is to become entirely ready. And I'm only ready when shit's really hurting inside. Um, Right now, for me, a lot of my, a lot of this quarantine, honestly, has has made me face, uh, you know, being around my whole family a lot, and oh my fucking god, I want to choke them all all the time. And uh, no, they're wonderful, they really are, and we've had a lot of blessings, and, and and I'm grateful for a lot of this time we've had together. But but it's also brought out a lot of my childhood stuff at the same time, right? And so I can see a lot of my anger when people aren't doing what I want them to do. I see my my frustration at like you're so concerned with yourself and getting what you want that you're ignoring my needs. But in that same moment, like this, this time of, of, of working the steps and self-reflection and insight has shown me that I'm only mad at you for doing that because I'm not getting what I want. Right. I'm starting to see that it's about what I want too. Um, and so, uh, you know, six, the, the whole point of six for me mostly is, is to, to stay in touch with these things and to, to start getting annoyed with them. The whole annoyance with seeing my character defects is actually a, a big part of it. Like it's supposed to lead me to this point of being so frustrated that I'm ready to surrender them. I'm ready to own the fact that I have yet to be able to change them. And now it's time for me to move into step seven, right? Where I humbly ask something bigger to me to help me get rid of them. Um, you know, people talk about not liking God, uh, or power greater than, or any of this stuff. Like for me, uh, if we want to keep it on a real base level, I can't carry a couch or a sofa up to my second floor apartment by myself. I'm not powerful enough. If I call up my homeboy and say, Hey, I need to move. Can you help me carry this couch up to my second floor apartment? And he does together. Him and I are more powerful than me power greater than myself basic simple example do i believe in something more than that i've absolutely but for just the basis like there's always a power greater than me in the group right there's always this this na group this network of people whatever it is i'm including in my life as long as i'm not isolating and staying alone there's always this power greater than me to rely on um 
you know, eight and nine give me the ability to finally see more realistically all the harm I've caused to people in my life. And, and, and I can address that in some way, shape or form. Right. Am I responsible for the fact that, that I, I did these things during my addiction? Uh, well, I'll say this. I'm not responsible for the kind of the time when I did it because I just didn't know any better for most of it, right? I, I was clueless, but I'm definitely responsible for how much it hurt people, no matter what my intention was, right? I'm responsible for the impact. And so that's what I get to address in eight and nine. And a lot of that, yes, there's, there's of course, with my sponsor, I get to find different amends I need to make in particular, but in general, living better today and treating people well and just trying to do no more damage than I've already done takes care of a large portion of that, right? A large portion of what's going on um, in 8 and 9. And then 10, 11, and 12, I, I get to, you know, do these things on a regular basis. I get to continue to look at myself daily. I get to pray and meditate on a regular basis. And I get to carry the message to the still suffering addict, who, whoever that is on that given day. Right. It's my responsibility to, to show up and try to carry the message of freedom uh, and the freedoms that I've experienced through N.A. And, and even through some other stuff besides N.A. Because like this is a, a great place to start. And then, uh, you know, I'm an addict. I want all the fucking recovery I can get. I want to reach out and grab any kind of spiritual literature or, or, or anything going on in the world that makes me feel like I can start to grow and progress towards being a better human. Um, you know, one of the things I'm struggling with right now is I, I quit smoking some years back. I, well, I traded smoking for vaping some years back, and then I quit vaping last Thanksgiving. And then, uh, all, uh, you know, all this sitting still uh, dealing with myself ha has put me in a place where I want to use coping things, right? I want to I want to eat sugary shit at night, um, and, I'm, and I'm being called to, like, smoke a cigar or something. And, and I did the other day. So, look, I smoked one, like, two weeks ago, and I was like, ew, that tasted like shit. Here's the crazy part about addiction. It tasted like shit, and I still wanted to do it again, right? And so uh, I had I had another one uh, like three days ago, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in fucking trouble, right? I'm in trouble. I, I liked it. And it's so hard to sit still with the way I feel and what's going on underneath when everything in me says, man, just having one of them a week ain't going to hurt you. Just eating some, some, you know, sweet dessert at night isn't going to hurt you. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it, I don't want to do it. Right. I don't want to, I don't want something, some fear, some unknown to run my life. I want to be able to make a conscious decision to have a dessert at night, you know, but look, Hey, if that's my biggest problem today, yes, it's still my biggest problem today, but man, what a long way it's come from having the problem of like, where the fuck am I going to get $5 for my next one, right? How am I going to find that? What I can tell you is when I got here beyond my wildest dreams, I was like, oh my God, is this really going to give me a life beyond my wildest dreams? I'm going to own a yacht. I'm going to have naked people on it all the time. I'm just going to have like orgies and shit. It'd be crazy, right? And what happened was... <laughs> The beyond my wildest dreams part is the fact that uh, my wildest dreams today are just to keep becoming a better human because it makes me so happy to be good to other people, right? The people I love, my kids, the, the moments when I'm able to see God work through me and treat them in ways that I've just never been able to treat them. 
That is mind-blowingly powerful for me, and that's what I search for today. That's beyond my wildest dreams, that all I want is a simple life. Um, NA's given me something I, I, I just could not find anywhere else, uh, and I'll forever be grateful to this program, and I will keep showing up to do my best to give it back the way it was given to me. Thanks for letting me share.